My name is Daniel Francis Baranowski, and this is the Frankly Daniel Show. And yes, I'm the Daniel of the Frankly part of this enterprise. And as I hope you know by now, this is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Now, whether you're new to the Frankly Daniel Show or a longtime listener, welcome and thank you for joining me today. So to begin, I want to share with you my new motto, my advice for today. Here it is. Get ready to write it down. Live not by lies. How simple is that? Live not by lies. Can you imagine if Joe Biden would adopt this as his motto? What a turnaround this country would see? I, I fear too many of us are sleeping through what I'd call the erosion of our freedoms. It's either that or we're sleepwalking day by day, assuming totalitarianism can't happen in America. And I'm here to tell you, if you've not been paying attention to what the progressives and Joe Biden have been up to, we need to start paying attention. And that's exactly why I'm here. I'm here to help myself and help you pay attention every week to what's going on in America, politically, economically, socially, and every other which way. Now, I thought it's probably proper to start today off with the clip of Joe Biden spewing more fantasies as he introduces his 2024 budget to a highly partisan crowd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Joe has really been, has really been down on ultra-MAGA Republicans, and he acts like there's only about six or seven of us in the country. I don't even know why he spends any time uh, trying to uh, shout out to uh, the very few of us that there are those 74 million that voted for Trump uh, last election. But somehow he thinks that we're about 4% of the party and that if we would just go away, everything in America would smooth its way out. So here's, here's a clip of Joe introducing his budget. The MAGA Republicans want to take away the law. They're one of the things they've announced. They want to do away with the Inflation Reduction Act. MAGA Republicans all voted to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. They voted to get rid of it over 50 times since Barack passed it. MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the police departments. MAGA Republicans, you know, they, they, they don't want things that particularly are going to help working families like health care, education, public safety, which are going to raise costs on folks. Look, MAGA Republicans also refuse to raise a single penny in new taxes on the wealthiest people. MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the FBI now. That's a good one. I like that one. So you have to ask yourself, what's, what's all this crap about MAGA this and MAGA that and MAGA here and MAGA there? You may remember that speech that Joe gave in front of Independence Hall with the red lights and it was the mean ultra MAGA Republicans that were the devils here incarnate on earth screwing everything up and they have to be stomped out. Well, with Joe and with the Democrats, everything is about Donald Trump and anybody that's associated with him. And they have to attack Trump and Trumpers and anyone that even thinks about Trump for the presidency in 2024. But they act like, you know, 
when you uh, when you talk to them in press conferences and stuff, like, you know, I beat Trump before, we'll beat him again. I think they're scared to death of Trump. They're also very worried about Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is someone that people say has got all the spunk and all the same policies that Trump did without all the personality baggage. Eh, well, we'll see about that. And if you take a look at this budget, the taxes in this budget are overwhelming. You know that... One percent of the population pays over fifty percent of the federal taxes. The bottom three percent of the population pays less than one percent of of the federal taxes. I think we really do have a progressive, if you will, tax system. But you know, Joe's into taxing everybody, and every time he talks about a tax on corporations, it's really a tax on each of us whether uh, we're making $400,000 or we're making less than $400,000 because companies don't eat those taxes. They just pass them on in the price of goods. Uh, so what do, you, what, do you, what do you know? You used to say that taxation without representation is tyranny, and now we have its obverse taxation with representation is certainly tyranny. So if you're a MAGA Republican... If you're an ultra-MAGA Republican, if you're just a Republican and a conservative, or a conservative and a Republican, welcome, because we have a lot to talk about today. And being an ultra-MAGA Republican, it's a pleasure to have a president who so deeply respects our contribution to today's political dialogue. Now say again, what a week it has been. Now, in addition to the usual, unusual events of any given week, there were several Senate and House committee hearings this past week, and each one, each one does have a great importance to our understanding of what Congress is up to, especially on the House side, because the House, now that it's Republican by the, by the slimmest of margins, is holding all these investigations and oversight hearings. And it appears that China may be exactly what Americans need to come together. You know, we had the balloon incident, and that certainly was not only a spectator event, but it was something that I think we all could look up to the sky together and say, uh, there's, there's trouble right here in River City. Now, the other thing that was talked about in terms of threats to America, in terms of our national security, as we continue to ignore what the hell is going on at the border. TikTok was high on the list of concerns. Now, what do you, what do you think about TikTok? Personally, I don't have it on my phone. Uh, I was advised quite some time ago that it's one of those apps that if you download, you can never get it off of your phone. You can deactivate it so supposedly it sleeps on your phone, but you can't expunge it from the software. It's there. It's embedded. So the, the word is don't put it there in the first place. But, you know, there's a lot of people that use TikTok. In fact, there's over 100 million of us, 100 million Americans who spend on average 90 minutes a day. Yeah, I said 90 minutes a day on TikTok. That's, we know who that is. It's not, I don't think there's too many 50-year-olds or 45-year-olds spending 90 minutes a day on TikTok. Maybe there are. I don't know. But it's our youth, it's our young people that are spending all this time. And, and you have to ask yourself, why are all our intelligence agencies on the same page 
which is very hard to get them to do. You know, we're still trying to figure out from the intelligence agencies what the origins of COVID are. Some people say it's, 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 they're uh, quite fractured. But when it comes to TikTok, when it comes to the threat to our national security from this application, there is no dissension among the agencies, the intelligence agencies. They're all on the same page. Now, we have over 4 million illegal aliens from 50 different countries screaming across our imaginary southern border every year so far. And, and don't be surprised if we hit 6 million aliens crossing in 2023. And for national security, uh, last year we had 1.2 foreigners crossed into America without even stopping, as I said before, to fist bump our border patrol. We have no idea who these people are, uh, or what, they're, what, they're, what they're doing here, uh, if they're going to leave, if they're in some kind of nefarious activity. I, where else, what other country, I ask you, could over a million people just walk in and you have no clue what they look like, who they are, what their intentions are, any of that stuff. That is a, it's, what an incredible breach. But in any event, the FBI, the Pentagon, the Office of the Director of National Security, the Central Intelligence Agencies, they all agree TikTok presents America with that famous phrase, a clear and present national security threat. Now, if you believe that climate change is our number one existential threat, don't worry. Joe Biden would be eaten alive by his radical progressives in his party if he, if he ever proposed some greater threat than CO2. But you can hear it in the background. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And if you listen, it sounds like a ticking bomb. Chinese Communist Party owns the company that owns TikTok. Therein lies the rub. So how can this harm us? Well, let's hear from Christopher Wray, you know, the FBI director that most of us don't have a lot of respect for. He might just be right about TikTok. You look at the uh, Chinese government's gobbling up of information and data and then the use of AI and other tools, ultimately supercomputing, things like that, to marshal all that data to conduct uh, targeting for espionage, targeting for IP theft, targeting for the, all the things that, that I and others on this panel have been calling out about the Chinese government. Uh, data is the coin of the realm. Those who have the best information uh, have the power, and that's what, that's what that enables them to do. You just have to look at the Equifax hack, where they essentially stole the PII of half the population of the United States. And that's one Chinese government operation. So it's the control of the data to conduct all sorts of big data operations. It's the control of the recommendation algorithm, which allows them to conduct influence operations. It's the control of the software, which allows them to then have access to millions of devices. Uh, so you put all those three things together, and again, come back to the starting point, which is this is a tool that is ultimately within the control of the Chinese government, and it to me, it screams out with national security concerns. Now, if you haven't listened to Christopher Ray uh, talk, uh, this is him and his most excited state. He's usually so bland, and this is pretty bland, but they're all pretty worked up about it, and both the House and the Senate have come together, and they're authoring bills to go ahead and expunge TikTok from our app stores and everything else. Now, I don't know how they're going to completely outlawed 
and block it here in the States. But that's their intent. And yes, there's going to be an awful lot of really irritated people about that because they think that all these videos are cute and some of them are educational, but there's a lot of trash that goes on on these videos. And the Chinese can control what we're seeing. I mean, there's two different stories told about what the kids in China are seeing on TikTok and what our children are seeing. And we're seeing a lot of trash, a lot of quasi or neo-pornography, seeing hate messages, a lot of other things. And we have said, what are they going to do with all our information? So what they have our private and personal information. That's what Chris Ray was talking about when he said what Equifax was hacked, that they stole half the country's PPI, personal and private information. And so you say, well, I, you know, my personal and private information is all over the Internet anyway. The thing is, is that the Chinese can gather all this data, run the kinds of algorithms on here and, and do even predictive uh, algorithms that tell them the kinds of messages they should be sending us if they want to sway us in a certain direction. So, you know, the topic of when we have to defend Taiwan, whether the Chinese can use TikTok to send messages to all of us that Taiwan has always been part of the Chinese mainland, They've always belonged. The China's put up with their belligerence these last 60 or 70 years. It's time for them to come. All of these kinds of messages can be sent about our own political campaigns in terms of who they'd like to see. And if you don't think that kind of persuasion that's going on through our social media, uh, it's time to wake up. That's what really the 2020 election was all about with the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, the, the people that were controlling social media knew they had to squash this story and turn it around to be Russian disinformation, and they did. And you have a lot of people that after the fact that came out and said they would not have voted for Joe Biden had they had a reliable source that told them that not only was that Hunter Biden's laptop, but the stuff that was on there was also valid. So... Uh, Here's another revealing exchange, if you will, between the FBI director and Marco Rubio, who's a senator from Florida. And it sort of spells out, again, the reasons America's top intelligence officials believe TikTok's a threat to our national security. Now, Rubio, since uh, Republicans aren't in the majority in the Senate, uh, their vice chairs and people that sit on their different committees are called the ranking members. The other people are chairs, and, and they're all uh, staffed by uh, Democrats. But anyway, the vice chair, that's Rubio, of the Senate Intelligence Committee, asked the director, Chris Ray the following few simple questions. And I, I'm quoting this. Rubio says, could they use TikTok to control data on millions of users? Chris Ray says, yes. Uh, Rubio says, can they use it to control software on millions of devices, given the opportunity to do so? So he's asking a question, can the TikTok software be designed to not only capture all of your keystrokes on your phone or all your personal information, but to alter other apps on your phone? And the answer is yes. Could they use it to drive narratives like to divide Americans against each other? And Rubio says, uh, of course they could. Then uh, Rubio says, for example, let's say that China wants to invade Taiwan 
to make sure that Americans are seeing videos arguing why Taiwan belongs to China and why the U.S. should not intervene. And, of course, the FBI director says, yes, they can do that too. Uh, And as I said before, if you haven't put TikTok on your phone, this is your opportunity not to do so because once it's there, once you've downloaded it, even though you're going to deactivate it going forward, it's still there. And the Chinese, if they wish to do so, can reactivate it. Now, the next thing that I thought was really curious, I watched all these select committee hearings. Some of them are pretty interesting. The next one was the select House Select Committee on Afghanistan. Because we're trying to get, there haven't been hearings in all this time that Joe's been in office. No one wanted to have an oversight hearing about what the heck actually went down in Afghanistan and our withdrawal. And so they, they had hearings on, on Joe Biden's pathetic withdrawal from that hellhole. And, and this testimony was really very hard to watch. Um, there's a, a sniper, uh, a Marine sniper named uh, Tyler Vargas Andrews. And he, he told his story. Uh, and I'm going to play a clip of that for you in a moment. He was a sniper situated, and they, they had identified the terrorist that was going to blow up this crowd. They knew who this person was. They had him in their scopes. They had the ability to take this person out. They couldn't get authorization because things were so messed up. Biden with, took the authority to do things in Afghanistan away from the military and gave it to the State Department. And when the military needed a go-ahead an okay, an authorization to take this terrorist out, they couldn't find anybody in the State Department that knew if they could legally do this, not do it. And the next thing you know, we had this explosion, killed a couple of hundred Afghans, killed 13 of our people, and wounded more than 80 of our service people. And this this uh, Marine Sergeant, Tyler Vargas Andrews, he had his... Uh, he had, let me see, he had his right arm uh, torn off, his le- uh, right leg torn off, had over 150 shrapnel steel balls uh, located in his body. They had to pick all of these out. And he's, he's there the other day testifying in front of the House uh, committee. Uh, Joe had no accountability for what he did. Joe, Joe lied. His generals, he said, never told him this or that, or that it was a bad idea to take the soldiers out first. Uh, Joe also says he's got no regrets about leaving Afghanistan or how we pulled out. I, I, can you imagine that he's, he's he, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, un, it's inconceivable. Let me, let me play you the clip. I request engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. Then a flash and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. The withdrawal withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion. And there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. Yes, and negligence. And at, at... And as hard as this was to watch, there was a woman standing behind this Marine as he's testifying because he doesn't have the use of his right hand and he's right-handed. 
He didn't have his use of his right arm, in fact. She's standing over him, turning his pages of testimony so that he can stay on cue as he's reading his testimony. And that, that was a very sad story. The worst of it, the very worst of it, is that that never needed to happen in so many different ways. But most certainly they could have taken this terrorist out, this bomber out, long before he hurt anybody. Just couldn't do it. They didn't have their act together. So you want to know how could this fellow have been a sniper and still been impacted by this bomb? Well, he left his post as a sniper to go down to the deck to try to find someone from the State Department and warn them, number one, but secondly, to get authorization so he could call back to another sniper set up in the same area to take this fellow out. So as he's going down there to alert people that this guy is there and he's very dangerous, he gets blown up and becomes one of more than 80 American casualties and 13 dead Marines, soldiers, and sailors. And you want to know why we're having a war in Ukraine right now? Everyone believes it was the weakness that Joe displayed in this just unconscionable withdrawal from Afghanistan that gave Putin the go-ahead to invade Ukraine. So now we're standing tall and spending billions of dollars in a proxy war that we should have never had to fight in the first place. And if anyone doubts that Trump would have handled this differently and we would have not been in this war now, we would have not had this debacle in Afghanistan, you just haven't been paying attention. Well, there was also quite an interesting uh, hearing in the House Select Committee on COVID. And this particular hearing focused on the origins of COVID. And it's something I'm going to talk about in the second part of this show and continue to talk about as the weeks go on, and I'm going to continue talking about it because people just need to really understand what happened to us. Once COVID hit our shores, everything that was done to us, everything we've suffered through, the the mass formation psychosis we've all been through to where there was only one solution and the government demanded this solution and put it upon us and threatened us, constantly coerced and threatened us to be vaccinated. And now we have over 17,000 deaths that have occurred within two days after people being vaccinated in the United States. The estimates for people that died within two days of taking the vaccine worldwide are somewhere between 50 and 60,000. There are over 2 million adverse events recorded Uh, by the CDC and people having taken this vaccine. Everything from simple headaches and fevers to all kinds of joint... uh, The list is just... It's ridiculously long. And there's more we need to understand, not only about this vaccine, but all the other things that were imposed upon us by the federal, state, and especially our local governments so that we never are put in a position where our constitutional rights are so breached again and we have nothing to, there's no way we can deal with it. This hearing on COVID in the Congress reminded me that my pronouns are lock up Fauci. How about the other events this week? Four Americans kidnapped 
in Matamoros, Mexico. Now, I've been to Matamoros several times, but not in the last 30 years. It is bad enough that the airhead who would be Joe Biden hasn't said a thing about this kidnapping, not even after two of the four were murdered in Mexico. Allegedly, the Mexicans thought these four black Americans, three men, one woman, were part of a black Haitian drug cartel that had attempted to move in on the Mexican cartel's territory. Obviously, this Mexican cartel believes in shoot first and then ask questions, if you're going to ask any questions at all, if anyone's still around to answer any questions. So, so much for Black Lives Matter, but not a word still from Joe Biden. He's busy calling out ultra-MAGA Republicans as evildoers and enemies of his style of democracy. But another story emerged late yesterday. These four Americans may have been part of a drug distribution gang in America stopping in Mexico to purchase product. Who would be surprised? We have Americans risking their lives to be stateside drivers for Mexican cartels. What's, what's the attraction in, in, in taking your car down to the border and loading it up with 15 uh, migrants, illegal migrants? Well, it's pretty simple. It's money and greed. And no, no one has ever said Americans aren't above corruption and fentanyl. You know, we no longer measure drugs like fentanyl in pounds captured at our ports. We now measure what we capture in tons. And you may remember that hapless Joe Biden went to El Paso about six weeks ago and said he didn't see one illegal alien while he was in El Paso. And that's because the Secretary of Homeland Insecurity had the city sanitized of migrant debris, and he disappeared every migrant from view. So Joe walks around mumbling, where's the problem? Where's the problem? I don't see any problems. Instead, Joe Biden's captured on video being introduced to several members of various non-governmental agencies in El Paso who are receiving millions upon millions of dollars from our federal government, our tax dollars, used to care for migrants after they've crossed illegally into the country. Joe says that all these migrants are rushing here because of climate change. I mean, really? I was just in central Mexico in January. I, I didn't notice any climate changing since I was in Mexico 30 years ago. Can't be the climate is better here than any other place on earth. But it must be according to Joe. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day... It's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show. And I'm not kidding. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe. Yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. 
a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. I'm going to switch gears for the second part of the show and concentrate on COVID-19. I know, Lord, haven't we heard enough about COVID-19 already? Could it just be gone from our lexicon, from our lives, from our memories? But there's so much to learn from what we did to ourselves, And we did this to ourselves Because once this virus got here, everything that happened, we had our leaders do to us. And many of us didn't like being coerced and shoved around by our leaders. Now, the House Select Committee on COVID-19 held a hearing this week, a lot of hearings going on this week, and I sat through all of them, focused on the origins of COVID-19. And it's quite a controversy. And it surfaced again for some very interesting reasons. The question is, did this lethal virus originate in the animal kingdom and leap to humans or was this virus man-made in a virology laboratory specifically to be a lethal bioweapon? 
Now, we have to remember this virus originated in China, in Wuhan, in a laboratory, we believe, not in, in the animal kingdom there in Wuhan, but in a laboratory. And it was manipulated to be specifically lethal under the premise that if we, if we did gain a function on certain kinds of viruses, which we know have been infective agents before, they, infectious agents, I should say, before, that we would learn how to better plan for vaccines and other kinds of therapeutics. It seems like a, like a ridiculous exercise because there are gazillions of viruses that one could manipulate to be more human uh, uh, infective and pathogenic and basically lethal. So, you know, I don't know how you study all these different viruses and then have plans about how you would defeat them once they got out into the public. So we may never know the definite truth about dueling hypotheses. But like in the recent Alex Murdoch trial, the murder trial, you know, the circumstantial evidence that this virus was accidentally leaked, or perhaps purposely, from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a virus research center overseen by the Chinese Communist Party. That circumstantial evidence is overwhelming. Furthermore, it it appears that the creation of COVID-19 was part of a gain-of-function experiment, like we're just talking about, on bat viruses, bats that live 900 miles away, by the way, and that this research was part of a grant from, here it comes, our National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Now, even more devastating, it appears that, yeah, Dr. Anthony Fauci not only signed off on this grant, but endorsed this gain-of-function research, a type of research not sanctioned in the United States for the last decade. Both President Obama and President Trump had executive orders saying saying that you, you don't do this kind of research and we're not going to put any money into it. But apparently, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, thought otherwise. He he knew better than anybody else about what to do, and so he found a way around this. But the bigger question, therefore, has arisen, and that question is what role, if any, did our National Institutes of Health, headed by the other conspirator here, Dr. Francis Collins, and more specifically, our National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, headed by Dr. Anthony Fauci, play in the possible creation of this nightmare of this coronavirus that became COVID-19. More and more each day, more and more testimony reveals that Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins were involved and are still very much involved in a massive criminal cover-up. So so why are they covering up the origins of COVID-19? And and I suppose we should be asking why is it important to uncover this lie and to get it out into the open? Well, first and perhaps foremost, there are serious and consequential international issues should the United States and other COVID-19-afflicted countries decide to shun China or levy tariffs on Chinese goods and services as some kind of punishment for having gone through the suffering of COVID-19. 
But I'm less interested in the diplomatic challenges of consequential COVID-19. Instead, I'm very much interested in the role of our so-called government leaders throughout the lethal course of COVID-19. Let me begin with a clip of candidate Joe Biden during the second presidential debate on October 18th of 2020. 220,000 Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. We're in a situation where there are a thousand deaths a day now, a thousand deaths a day, and there are over 70,000 new cases per day. Compared to what's going on in Europe, as the New England Medical Journal said, they're starting from a very low rate. We're starting from a very high rate. The expectation is we'll have another 200,000 Americans dead between now and the end of the year. If we just wore these masks, the president's own advisors have told him, we could save 100,000 lives. And we're in a circumstance where the president thus far and still has no plan, no comprehensive plan. What I would do is make sure we have everyone encouraged to wear a mask all the time. I would make sure we move in the direction of rapid testing, investing in rapid testing. I would make sure that we set up national standards as to how to open up schools and open up businesses so they can be safe and give them the wherewithal, the financial resources to be able to do that. We're in a situation now where the New England Medical Journal, one of the serious, most serious journals in the, in the whole world, said for the first time ever that this, the way this president has responded to this crisis has been absolutely tragic. And so, folks, I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. There can't be any doubt that Biden and the Democrats used COVID-19 to change a whole bunch of things, including this particular election for president. And I'm here to tell you, when I get finished with this series of shows on COVID-19, you will come to understand that Americans couldn't have made a worse choice for president in 2020 than this Joe Biden. Assuming that Joe Biden was legitimately elected our 46th president, which I, I don't think I'll ever believe. Approximately... 400,000 Americans died of COVID-19 under Donald Trump's watch. As of December 31st, 2021, over 900,000 have died of COVID under Joe Biden's presidency. And that's more than a year ago. That's 14 months ago. We haven't even counted the ones up that were well past a million. This despite Trump having Vaccines available for only 45, the final 45 days of his presidency. Now, by contrast, Joe Biden has had an abundance of vaccines. He's had vaccines coming out to kazoo, vaccine boosters, at-home testing, and an array of therapeutics throughout his entire presidency to attack COVID-19. Plus, he had the entire press. He had a whole censorship uh, industries set up so that on any platform, if you even dared to say anything that might look like people would want to turn into anti-vaxxers, you, you were napalmed. You were, 
you know, uh, expelled from the platforms. I can tell you very much about that uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of them. They were all, the government was all insinuated in all of these platforms and were expunging people and censoring people left and right. New cases during Joe's tenure hit over 400,000 per day. When you compare the two presidents, it's, it's impossible to believe that had Trump won his second term as president, that he could have possibly ever done worse than Joe Biden has with COVID-19. But you don't hear anybody talking about that. But we have to remember, once COVID-19 got here on our shores, however it got here, everything thereafter, we did to ourselves, or should I say, we allowed others in various governments and non-governmental institutions here in the country to do it to us. In fact, allegedly, Americans elected Joe Biden because Joe said he was the adult in the room. He was the adult in the COVID-19 discussions, and he would end COVID-19. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. But what did Joe Biden do seven months into his presidency? Did he keep his word? Did he keep his word that he would never mandate vaccines? He would never mandate any of this stuff? Remember the, the, the mantra to the Democrat Party, my body, my choice. This obviously works for abortion when you're killing somebody, but it doesn't apply to yourself when you're trying to save yourself from bad medicine. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of us didn't just buckle under with these kinds of messages. And people lost their jobs, they lost their livelihoods, many of people lost their careers, and yet many more people even lost their businesses. Things, businesses, they'd put their life's earnings, their hard work, sweat and toil, 10, 20 years into, because Joe was hell-bent to vaccinate everybody, and that was the single message, only one message. Even if you'd had COVID twice and you could prove it, they still demanded you be vaccinated. And as if that wasn't bad enough, this divisive man, this pathetic divisive man, continued to try to turn people against each other. The divisiveness has started with Joe Biden. And if you listen to his rhetoric today, it is the same. It is authoritarian, it is totalitarian, and it is sick. It's a very sick message. And this message I'm about to play for you is totally nauseating. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please, do the right thing, but just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. If only. It's a tragedy. Please don't let it become yours. The second piece of my plan is continuing to protect the vaccinated. For the vast majority of you 
who've gotten vaccinated. I understand your anger at those who haven't gotten vaccinated. I understand the anxiety about getting a breakthrough case. But as the science makes clear, if you're fully vaccinated, you're highly protected from severe illness, even if you get COVID-19. In fact, recent data indicates there is only one confirmed positive case per 5,000 fully vaccinated Americans per day. You're as safe as possible. Everything Joe said there was a total lie. And you know what? Dr. Fauci and company knew this at the time they were putting this baloney out. How many of you dared to walk out of your house on the outside and have people stare at you or shout at you? You should have a mask on. You probably haven't been vaccinated. You're probably an anti-vaxxer too. You know, you're putting all of our lives in jeopardy. All of that totally false, totally false. The Biden administration made you get a vaccine under their vaccine mandate, even if you'd had COVID twice, even if you had natural immunity, even if your T cells had taken that, in, that infection you had and given you permanent, durable, and highly effective immunity to being reinfected with COVID. But nope. Nope, you had to get a vaccine, even if it was going to cause you myocarditis or some other adverse event, even if it was going to cause you potentially death. 17,000, as I've said before, 17,000 as of a year ago, 17,000 Americans died two days after the, the, uh, receiving the COVID shot. That can't be just an anomaly that just popped up in midair. Is there cause and effect? Yeah, many of these people would have died perhaps anyway. And we're not talking about people who got the vaccine and then got hit by a car, okay? We're talking about people who medically suffered a catastrophic death. But just like Afghanistan, just like that sniper we referenced in the first part of the show, that Marine sniper that could have taken out that terrorist, Joe Biden has no regrets for what he did because he felt he was justified in time and place. Most mornings, I doubt Joe Biden can remember his name, but we've got him laying mandates on us and telling us as children how we should take our medicine and just shut up. Already, I've announced, we'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing home workers who treat patients on Medicare and Medicaid because I have that federal authority. Tonight, I'm using that same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home health care facilities, or other medical facilities. A total of 17 million health care workers. If you're seeking care at a health facility, you should be able to know that the people treating you are vaccinated. Simple, straightforward, period. More dictatorial pronouncements from the dictator-in-chief. Do you know how many people left their jobs in healthcare. I mean, I know scores of nurses who just walked away because they were they were going to be fired because no one was going to listen to the fact that they'd already had COVID or that they felt the vaccine wasn't for them. And Joe Biden has the nerve to tell those 17 million people that they need to take the same risk that other people took for an adverse event happening to them so that they could keep their jobs and make the people that are there in the hospital with COVID feel comfortable that we all took the same risk. What a team bonding experience.
And you heard Joe cite that only one in 5,000 vaccinated people have a breakthrough case. Well, that's because they weren't looking very hard because the breakthrough cases when Delta came around after Alpha were in the millions. And when Omicron came around, everybody got that. I was vaccinated with a booster. I got Omicron. There was no two ways about it. Had I not got monoclonal antibodies, which he eventually took off the market, yanked out of Florida, because Fauci said monoclonals don't work, had Ron DeSantis not stood up here in Florida and said, we're going to get the monoclonals no matter where we have to go to get them, I may have not made it out of the emergency room. I find it just terribly ironic that Democrats, because we had abortion for 50 years, which was a unconstitutional decision, that they want to codify Roe v. Wade in law so that anybody can get an abortion at any time for any reason anywhere. Well, I would like to have a similar thing then passed where there is medical freedom, the Medical Freedom Act, that no one could ever again force or coerce or punish anybody to do something like Joe Biden put on us. And thank God the Supreme Court eventually got around after many people's lives were really devastated. The Supreme Court got around and said, what you're doing, Joe Biden, is unconstitutional. I will sign an executive order that will now require all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated. All. And I've signed another executive order that will require federal contractors to do the same. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. If you want to do business with the federal government, vaccinate your workforce. I can hear people now saying, well, what else could poor Joe do? Poor Dr. Fauci and poor, you know, Joe. Vaccines were the only thing we had. That is blatantly, unequivocally false. The problem with this disease, SARS, S-A-R-S, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, is that it attacks the respiratory system so that you can no longer exchange oxygen with carbon dioxide. And what were you told when you got a positive test or you thought you had symptoms? You were to wait at home and wait at home and wait at home until your fever hit such a degree and you could hardly breathe. And then you were to come into the emergency room. That was already too late for 50% of the people that went on ventilators. Only 50% of the people got off of ventilators. This could have been treated in an ambulatory setting and there are hundreds of thousands of physicians around the world, including in this country, scores of, I mean, it's amazing the number of people that latched into how to treat COVID early on. And all the drugs that people wanted to use to treat this in an ambulatory setting and were incredibly successful with, Dr. Fauci came out against. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, these drugs have proved immensely useful in fighting COVID. And I'm going to explore that all next week with all the documentation right down the line. But vaccines were not the only way to go, and especially in younger people. And they had all kinds of untoward adverse effects. As we're now finding out, this whole business about vaccinating your children is crazy. Approximately 150 children under the age of 17 have died with COVID not from COVID, 
Many of these people had multiple, multiple comorbidities besides asthma, diabetes, obesity, any number of things. But to date, as several physicians have already testified in front of Congress, not one child under the age of 12 has died from COVID. That they were healthy people and the child came in and they died of COVID. It just hasn't happened. That is not the risk profile in this disease. The risk profile has always been toward the elderly, the immunocompromised, which I happen to be one since I have leukemia. I I understand these things. Let me tell you, I I really understand the risk profile. And it's a disaster immunizing children. And you'll have any number of physicians at reputable academic medical centers telling you never vaccinate your child with this particular mRNA vaccine. Now, I know I'm running short on time as the show comes, but we're going to continue on on these topics next week. And I've got quite a lineup, but I'm hot to trot with so much of this stuff that I've been waiting to get off of my chest that have been so wrong. But one of the things that really torqued me off this week was that the House subcommittee on the weaponization of the government dealt with censorship and in particular the twitter files what went on there were 80 fbi agents were devoted to twitter taking in calls from the white house and every place else to censor people to suspend them i'd like to share with you two clips from that hearing this week one by jim jordan and the other one by a journalist who who did part of the twitter files and revelation and that's michael schellenberger but here's the question I keep coming up with. If, if it may have been a lab, may have been nature, we're supposed to look forward, then why did Dr. Fauci work so hard for just one of those theories? Why was it so important to push one over the other? Dr. Barris said, oh, we should entertain uh, all hypotheses. Dr. Fauci had his, uh, his hypothesis, how this started. We should entertain all of them. But that's not what happened. That is definitely not what happened. Three years ago, if you thought it came from a lab, if you raised that, You were called a nut job. You got censored on Twitter. You were blacklisted on Twitter. You were even called a crackpot by the very scientist who in late January sent emails to Dr. Fauci and said it came from a lab. They called you crackpot. You may not know this, but uh, Anthony Fauci was really tight with Mark Zuckerberg of uh, Facebook fame. And there was a system worked out as even announced by uh, the press secretary many, many moons ago that they could call up Facebook and dispose of people who didn't agree with what Fauci's position was on anything from vaccines to masks to anything. This next clip is Michael Schellenberger on the Tucker Carlson show the other evening reporting his experience in front of the House subcommittee on the weaponization of government. Well, it was a very disturbing event. Uh, They then proceeded to demand to know who our sources were, which, of course, uh, we were unwilling to share with them. And it's important to remember the context here. We were revealing here, this is way beyond uh, woke censorship within Twitter. We have now discovered a censorship industrial complex that includes uh, government-funded entities that are doing state-sponsored censorship, and it includes Department of Homeland uh, 
uh, you know, the Department of Homeland Security agencies. We have the FBI involved. They've now working with the National Science Foundation to make $40 million worth of grants to create little censorship centers in universities around the country, all done in the name of fighting disinformation, but in fact are spreading disinformation, spreading conspiracy theories, as we saw them do with the Russia, uh, with Russiagate, the Russia hoax. We saw them spread the conspiracy theories around Hunter Biden's laptop. They are now seeking widespread use of artificial intelligence to censor accurate information. We've now seen Facebook and Twitter uh, caught uh, censoring accurate information about uh, coronavirus uh, vaccinations because they were worried that it would lead to vaccine hesitancy. So this story has really evolved. There's much more to say on it. We're still discovering a lot of information, but what you're basically seeing here is the rise of a for-profit censorship industry funded by American taxpayers to censor real-world information. And this is basically a turning of the national security state from the kind of psychological operations they, they launched abroad into the United States using the exact same kind of influence operation tactics that they used abroad on the American people. It's a huge scandal. A lot more to come on the story in the weeks and months to come. The censorship industrial complex. The censorship industrial complex. Remember that. You're going to hear a lot more about that going forward. I opened the show with a new motto, live not by lies. And I say, look around. Too many of us are sleeping through the erosion of our freedoms. Either that or we're sleepwalking day by day, assuming totalitarianism can't happen in America. I submit to you that this is exactly what's going on in America. Who rules over your life is not a matter for someone else to decide. It's a matter for you and I to decide. Well, alas, our time has come to an end. My name is Daniel Francis Baranowski, and you've been listening to The Frankly Daniel Show. I thank you for spending your time today with me, and I hope that you found the program informative. Until next week, God bless you, and keep your loved ones safe.